On today's episode, we have wholesaler Ben Jones. Ben has been part of under 200 transactions. He had remodeled under 50 properties himself and wholesale about 40 projects. What I love about Ben is that he's honest, hard worker, and he loves real estate. Real estate investing for you. This is Pod Success. Pod Success. With Joe Arias, speaking to investors about the pitfalls and successes on wholesaling. These are top real estate investors. These are experts in the business. And this is Pod Success. Pod Success. Here is Joe Arias. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate it. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. We're very happy to have you at the show. Appreciate you having me. I, you know, I know that you're a very, very, you know, besides loving real estate, and I know you're also doing uh, flips and remodels. Your your main line of business it's been wholesaling. So, do you mind sharing? We have a, a huge audience, all investors, wholesalers. You know, share a little bit. Of how did you get it started? And 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 maybe even like share a little bit of what were you doing before you got started? Definitely, yeah. So I got into um, investing actually about two years ago, so not not very long ago. And I do business out here in Columbus, Ohio, but we've actually been expanding outside of Ohio here recently. But we've been doing quite a bit of business, and you know, mainly like you just mentioned, a lot of wholesaling. Uh, but we do have other parts where we're rehabbing and, and um, gutting properties and, and have rentals. But what got me really into the industry is I was actually in real estate doing new builds for the past six to seven years and always dealt with people, dealt with real estate and, and loved it, but knew that that was not always my end goal of sitting in a sales model and showing six plans to people and, and then doing doing business. Uh, I wanted to do something different where I could put my stamp on the city of Columbus. And uh, part of that is you know buying real estate and then you know either selling it or renovating it and getting it to that point. Uh, so yeah, it's been, been two years now and, and things have been moving. That's amazing. So you basically, you were doing real estate, you know, more than two years ago, you were sharing like seven years ago. Correct. And, and what was it that, that took you in your path from, you know, I really, I, I like real estate, but this is not for me uh, mm-hmm. in regards to like, you know, being sit, you know, sitting down all day to like mm-hmm. wholesaling or what was it, the, the final push that took you to wholesale? Yeah. Yeah. So not to toot my own horn, but I actually was one of the top sales guys for the company I worked for prior to jumping into investments. And, um, you know, so selling quite a few homes and what, what the process looked like was, you know, you set in a sales model and people walk in and they essentially tell you their five or six criteria. And, and then you find, you know, of the six or seven homes you offer, you find which one makes the most sense. And then you build them a home and, you know, you build that relationship over six months. And that's great. I even actually built one for my family and we live in the neighborhood that I used to sell out of. Currently, so it, it was you know work, home, life. It was all the same thing. And what what really pushed me to the next level was that I was you know making a decent income and uh, just really in a sense clocking in, and clocking out. And I realized that with new builds and new home sales, that was kind of the gist of it. And there was there was no growth from that. And I understood that real estate investing actually could give me the freedom um, and the the environment and the education that I needed to go to the next level. Um, so that's what really got me pushing because I just wasn't feeling happy with where I was. I was doing well financially, but at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's not all that there is to life. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be home 
with my kids for dinner. I wanted to be, you know, be able to attend church on the weekends, do things with my family on the weekends. And, you know, sitting in a new home sales model just wasn't going to give me the freedom to do that. Got it. So you were, were you more like a, were you an agent before or you were developing properties? Uh, so I was, they call it an agent in the state of Ohio. You don't have to be licensed to do new home sales. Just the developer does. So I was considered a sales associate in the office. So I could sit and do the real estate, but they had to actually be the final signer on the contracts at the end of the day. Um, so I had no ownership in the company. It was just strictly commission sales at that point. Got it. So you were, you were just selling a lot of homes. Correct. Yep. And what things could you say that if you can identify your, your strengths in the business right. as personal traits, mm -hmm. what would you say they are that you were able to implement them now in wholesaling? Definitely. Yeah. So the biggest one for me that I've been told and actually been really working on the past few years is rapport building. It's, it's funny and, and, you know, wholesalers get a bad rap for being, you know, giving global offers or being snaky or whatever the case, but uh, rapport goes a long way. You can literally tell anyone anything if you have great rapport. Um, so that's what going to be successful in new home sales because at the end of the day, you know, I could build a relationship with little Timmy, you know, you know, someone's son and be able to really show, you know, how that they can enjoy the, the house and family. And when you go into wholesaling, it's the same thing. You know, you go into someone's house at the end of the day, they've been there for let's call it 40 years. They've raised a family that even raised grandkids in that home and at the end of the day, you're, you're, you know, you're Joe Smoke from the street. So they don't really know you that well. So for you to walk into the house and be able to walk them through the process of, you know, selling your home, their, their lifelong dream of, of having that home, uh, you got to build good rapport. And that's really what, what's really, I think, set our business up over the edge is, is being able to really make an impact on people and walking them through that process. You know, it's more, more than a transaction. It's actually having a purpose of what you're doing. Mm. So what, what would you say, like connection, you're able to connect with people? Correct. Um, I also know, know yourself to be a very persistent, hardworking person. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, why, why, don't we, why don't you share a little bit about, about the, the pros and cons for, for getting into wholesaling? Why, why do you do it? Why do you love it? And, and why should people like, you know, try to do it? You know, because mm -hmm. I'm sure it's, it's not as easy well, I'm sure it's not as easy as you think, but can you tell <laughs> yeah. me more about all that? Yeah, yeah. So wholesaling, it, it's it's a journey. And, and at the end of the day, I, I always tell people, you know, wholesaling, that you, you make your money in the follow-up, right? So at the end of the day, you're going to make a handful of offers. You're going to meet with a handful of homeowners. Um, and, you know, I, I have, you know, just giving some general numbers here. I mean, you can meet with 100 clients to be able to get 5 to 10 deals. And... At the end of the day, that seems like a lot. So you have to deal with, if, you, if you're using those numbers, anywhere from 90 to 95% of no's to get to that point. So it's, it's not pretty, but those, those five to 10 yeses are going to um, be able to set your family up for freedom and success or whatever your why is. And for me, you know, it's, it's really being able to allow my family to be able to, you know, have the freedoms I didn't have growing up and wholesaling allows it because you're, you're, essentially being the middleman for these properties. You don't need to come up with the money. Um, all you need to do is be able to find the seller and you just need to find the buyer. And if you have those at the end of the day, that's how you're going to make success in your business. And a lot of times people get hung up on, man, I got to find properties. I got to find properties. But the other focus is you got to find buyers. And 
you know, if you have a good relationship with buyers, there's a lot of people, including myself, that are out renovating properties. And if they can tell you directly, you know, maybe a three to four bullet point process of these are things that I'm looking for. Um, all you got to do is go out and start looking for those things. And now you have a buyer and a seller and you're not spending time spinning wheels on properties that just don't make sense that you cannot sell. But to be honest, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, you've got to have a purpose with that. And for me, it's, it's helping people, right? So there's, let's call it elderly people that are getting rid of, like I said earlier, getting rid of their older home. You've got people that are uh, maybe going to foreclosure. They're going to auctions. Maybe someone in their family just passed away and they have a home that they don't know what to do with. And at the end of the day, you're not taking from anyone. You're actually providing a solution to a main process in their life, which is, you know, the most expensive thing they ever had, which is their home. And if you can be able to help them and provide a solution to their problem, um, you're actually helping people. And if you go into it with that mentality, aside from trying to make a huge profit, um, you're actually going to end up doing more deals because people will trust you. And right now, because wholesaling and renovating is kind of a fad. And I believe in the United States, a lot of people are doing it. There is something that sets people aside from others. And that is the fact that you care and you're honest and that you're giving fair offers versus um, trying to gouge people on every single deal you do. So mm. it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, right? Like the, what I'm hearing is that, that it's just not all about money. Right? It's, not. It's, it's, it's just one part, but the other mm -hmm. part is truly wanting to, put together a buyer and a seller and, you know, getting a profit for yourself, a commission, doing the work. That's all right. Yep. And then you were also mentioning that the money is on the follow-up. Would you mind sharing a little bit of like a, about the process, your process? Like, do you have, you know, KPIs, do you have systems in place? You know, share more a little bit about that. Yeah. So we, like I, I mentioned earlier, follow-up is, is key for us more times than not. I mean, the wholesaling is completely opposite than car sales. On car sales, you get someone to make an emotional buy um, the day of, right? So you, you want to get that deal that day because a lot of times I say this in the business, be back bus won't be back. And what that means is that people that say they're going to be back or they'll take your offer here later, they won't call you back. You know, they're, they have their lives going on. So for you to just say, Hey, I'll offer you this and then expect them to call you back to tell you, yes, that those, those are very far in between. So you have to be proactive on the conversation. Um, so a great example would be if you walk into, let's call her Miss Smith. You walk into Miss Smith's house and you, you go through the process and you say, you know what? I can offer you $100,000 for your home. If she says, you know what? I got to speak to my husband. I got to speak to my, my kids. They're all part of the decision maker. Let me get back with you on Thursday. That's a great conversation. You don't want to overbear someone. You still want to be direct and coach her through the process, but you don't want to push because you lose rapport when you push too hard. So you have to go about it in a way that's, okay, well, you know what, Miss Smith, feel free to speak with your husband and your kids. When would be a great time to give you a call back? Or when would be a great time for me to come back out to your home just to walk through this? And in that moment, you're actually creating some urgency and you're letting her know, that, hey, no matter what you do, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to get back with you until you give me an answer of the yes or no. And for me and my company, we, we always say, until they say no, it still could be a yes. And if they do say no, great. Now you can move on to your next person, your next deal. Um, because again, you got to get 95 no's to get that first yes. So if that's just one more no closer to your yes, um, they'll be happy about that. She gave you a no. You're not wasting any more time analyzing that deal. You're not wasting that time marketing. 
you're just saying, hey, you know what? She, it wasn't a good fit for us. Let's move on to the next one so we can get to the people that are serious about selling and that are, you know, ready to make, make a deal. So we have a system called Podio and it's kind of an automated system that allows us to track all of our leads and any lead that comes through, we always put some notes in there to say, Hey, you know what? This is a hot lead. This is a warm lead or this is a cold lead. And what that allows us to do is kind of a categorize who we're speaking to. For instance, in my, you know, scenario a few months ago, Mrs. Smith maybe not be ready to sell today, but she could be ready in six months because something changes in her life. And you want to stay on top of her. She won't remember your number. She won't remember your name. But you can always refer back to her and say, hey, you know, Miss Smith, we spoke six months ago. Um, I know you weren't ready to sell at the moment, but I know sometimes life has a way of changing. You know, are you open to selling today? And a lot of times you may actually find a diamond in the rough and she may be ready because something traumatic happened in her life. And again, you're becoming that solution for her. Those are where the deals come from. There's, they're very far in between where they come on the very first appointment or the very first call. They mostly come after that consistent and, you know, ruthless follow up over and over and over again until Mrs. Smith says, no, do not call me ever again. You need to stay on top of Mrs. Smith until she makes a decision because the person that follows up is the one that's going to get her, her property. And if you think of it that way, you know, one phone call could earn you anywhere from a thousand bucks to, there's been, you know, deals that I've networked with people that have made hundreds of thousands of dollars on one deal because they just followed up and made that one phone call. So yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the gist of it. You, you mentioned Podio as one of your systems. You know, mm -hmm. is Podio something that any investors can use as a CRM? Correct. Yeah. So that's a CRM that you can use. You can sign up for it. I mean, obviously there's a cost to it and they can actually categorize the system to your business. So we actually have one that is unique to our company that is tailored around the things that we wanted. Mainly it was the follow-up. So making sure we can get the people and it being reminded we're all human. So we forget, you know, people over time. So this, this system, I mean, reminds us of, Hey, you need to speak to Mrs. Smith today. Or you need to speak to someone next week. So that allows you to prepare and give you daily tasks of what you need to get done and go from there. Keeps you, keeps you accountable. That's awesome. And then, and, and so you guys customize Podio to, to fit your service, which you guys do as wholesalers, correct? Correct. Correct. What, what other great advice do you have for, for people that want to get started? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say if you're going to get into the business, um, remember your why's, you know, why are you getting into the business? There's going to be ups and downs. And at the end of the day, if you can help people, my, I mean, again, for me, it's, there's, there's family and there's freedom, but there's also making, you know, making a, a good living and a freedom to my family. So I would say it's remember your why so that when you're in the tough times, you know why you're doing it and it keeps you motivated. And, you know, th this is not a get rich quick scheme. It's not something that you, you know, become a millionaire tomorrow. This is something that you work at. Um, and every property, every deal you do gets you closer to that. And I mean, there's going to be lots of gurus online. There's going to be lots of um, very successful people and they didn't wake up the next day um, and be very successful. They had sleepless nights. Um, they had, you know, 16 hour days where they're dealing with, you know, properties. You're dealing with people that are upset with you, but you're dealing with people that are helping. And those, those times actually outweigh all the bad that comes with it, but it's not easy. But it, like I said, it, it does give you a, a platform uh, to create freedom for your, for your life. And aside from any other industry, real estate is always, you know, history tells us it always comes back. So even if there's a dip in the market um, in terms of the values, that's when you buy low. And then when the market goes back up, you buy high. 
But at the end of the day, it's the stock market doesn't do that. Cars don't do that. Banks can't. I mean, the only thing that stays consistent is real estate that we've seen over the past, let's call it 50 years. Um, and that's, that's huge. So real estate is a great way to, to build that for your life. That's a good point. They say that it takes about, it takes 10 years to become an over, overnight uh, success, right? Yeah. So what, what does that mean is that, you know, it's a long, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of, you know, nights where you just don't get to sleep and, and, and make phone calls and create systems and build relationships and follow up. Mm-hmm. And then you start achieving success. So how can we give our, our audience some tools, some tools that they can actually go today and, you know, they mm-hmm. might be organically or they sure. might be that they might just spend some money. What like mm-hmm. factual tools we can give our, our students if they want to start wholesaling? Yeah, I would say here, here is the number one tool that you know, a lot of people, even successful people sometimes miss and they're free. Um, number one is Zillow. And a lot of people turn Zillow down because they think, oh man, you know, Zillow's not as accurate, those type of things. When you know your area, you become the expert. And, you know, your street, the where you live, I mean, as you start to look and, and when you get into wholesaling, your eyes just, when you're driving around, your eyes just change a little bit. So that way you see houses, even just in your direct neighborhood. So you drive around and go, man, that house could use this. Man, that house is the eye of this. You just start to see real estate a lot differently. And, you know, when it comes to Zillow, you can do the same thing. You can jump on Zillow and say, you know what? Today, I'm going to spend the hour looking at this zip code and this neighborhood and see roughly what houses are selling for and what they're worth. So, because as, as you learn that, then you're going to be able to on, on your feet make decisions. You're going to be able to speak more about real estate. You're going to be able to understand it. And uh, people want to work with people that are experts, right? So if you can, articulate what's going on in a street or a neighborhood nearby a house you're looking at. That makes all the difference and it gives you credibility. So number one, I would jump on Zillow and kind of check around the areas. The other thing I would check would be your county auditor site. And the county auditor site, there's there's no transactions, there's no real estate that's done without it being recorded through the county auditor. Um, so you can see when a house was sold, you know what it was sold for. You can check all the specs of the properties. So bedrooms, baths, square footage, when it was built, all those things. So you can really look through all that and understand, okay, here's what this house was sold for and here's the condition of the home. So those are to be two free things that you can jump on, which are really almost in a way common sense, but a lot of people miss those because they want to get into spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on these, you know, high tech programs. But at the end of the day, you can use those two systems there to do a lot of business. Um, and that's actually how I got started on those two systems there. So Zillow and accounting records, tell us more about the process of accounting records. Like, do you, you know, do we uh, let our students to go to a website? Do they have to actually go to the county? What's the test, you know, step-by-step, take us through a step-by-step process. Sure, sure. So on the accounting auditor site, let's say, for instance, you have an address that you want to see. So you're going to just go ahead and whatever your county is. So for instance, I'm in Franklin County. So I'll search Franklin County auditor. And more times than not, you'll have a website come up in Google for your county and you can just go directly to that. Once you get on there, there's usually two different icons. You can search a property by the owner's name, which, you know, obviously you probably haven't yet, um, or you can search it by the property address. And that's usually how you get who owns a home and all those criteria that I mentioned earlier. Once you're on there, now you can use that name and that address to do a few things. You can market to that person so you can you can email, not email, I'm sorry, but you can use postcards. You can do handwritten letters. 
because now you know where that person lives, you know their name, so you can address them personally, and you know enough about their house to have a general idea of, again, how much the houses in the area are worth. So you're going to go onto the website, type in the address, and really get those five or six criteria. So you're talking square footage, bedrooms, baths, um, year it was built, and then the last time it was sold and for how much. Um, and that should give you a general range of all the things you're going to need to be able to now go to Zillow and type in the address and look in the general area to find what I call apples to apples comparisons of this home. So you can get a good understanding of what it's worth today and what it will be worth once the house is completely renovated. Okay. So they go to a, do you, is there a, a, a universal website that you recommend for the auditors? Um, there's the not companies? because it's, it's going to be unique to their county. So every county yeah. has a different auditor site and you have to go to that one because it has different criteria. Um, but you can search and they also have a real estate, I guess, page on their, their site. Got it. And, and when you go, do you have a personal preference, either absentee owners, vacancies, property owned, free and clear, with no mortgage, properties with high equity, properties with low equity? How do you, what is your process? Yeah, Joe, I would tell you, if, the, if it makes me money, <laughs> I don't have a preference. And uh, one of my mentors actually said, you know, you can't go broke and making a little bit of money. And that, that goes back to the reason why I do the business is helping people. If you're trying to make, you know, your whole life or your whole year's um, income on one deal, it's just not going to be worth it. And you're going to end up losing at that point. But if you can get a little bit of money on every single deal, you're going to find the ones that are going to give you huge, huge gains or huge profits. And you're going to have some that are going to give you minor profits. But again, you can't go poor if you're making a little bit of money on every deal. And that's kind of the process that we have out here is we... You know, want to get deals that are going to give us big gains, but it's those are just not always going to happen. Uh, so focusing on the small deals, and you'll get to those. Yeah, you, you focus in in the numbers. In the numbers, it's a numbers game, right? It's a long term, not a short term. Correct. Um, you said that, so that's that. I think that's mm -hmm. that's clear, and it's very smart to approach it that way. So basically, I'm hearing that the the best thing is to get that list and then start mailing them, right? Sending them letters. Is that what you do? Mm -hmm. Marketing campaigns? Yeah, so there's there's a variety of ways to get a hold of somebody and, and everyone's doing different forms, right? So at the end of the day, you want to be able to have a voice-to-voice -voice or face-to-face -face conversation with the homeowner of that property to simply ask the question, do you want to save your home? And if so, for how much? That's the general statement, right? But at the end of the day, you just want to get in touch with them. So if you can imagine if you want to get to know somebody from somewhere else, how would you call or how would you get in touch with them? Mail to them, um, you could text them. You can call them. You can find them on Facebook is a way. You can literally knock on their door. <laughs> a lot of people are scared of that, but you can knock on their door and just tell them who you are. And at the end of the day, if they are rude or upset that you're there, you're like, hey, you've got one of your nose closer to your yes. To answer your question, Joe, yeah, I, I do all those things. At the end of the day, I'm going to be ruthless and try to get in touch with them. And, if, you know, at the end of the day, if they, if they respond, great. If not, um, I'll continue to try to get in touch with them until I do. Um, especially if I know it's a great deal. And, and your question earlier, you know, do I go for vacant? Do I go for absentee owner? I go for all those. Obviously, higher interest or sorry, higher equity would be a great one because they have room to move down. If their house is worth 200000 and they only owe 50000 I have a $150,000 spread to go, okay, hey, you don't have to sell for, for two hundred because you 
you have equity in your home. So walking away with something is a lot better than walking away with nothing. But if someone owns owes one hundred and ninety nine thousand on a home, and the house is worth two hundred thousand, now you don't have really much room to work with. So absentee owner, high equity, um, vacant properties that someone doesn't need. At the end of the day, I'm going to focus on distressed sellers, people that you know don't need the property or they have the ability to make a decision otherwise than just what they own on the property. And then once I have that understanding of who those people are, now my job is how can I get in touch with them? And that becomes, you know, any source of media, social media, phones, uh, emails, when I didn't mention, I mean, we use them all just to get in touch with somebody. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I, I, I'm, you know, there's all these different approaches. How, how, would, how did you make your first deal? Maybe you can share a little bit about, you know, were you implementing all these strategies or, yeah. or you just, you know, how was that? How's just getting the first deal and, and what is your average profit per deal? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how I got my first deal is it was referred to me. Um, I think network is huge. And my very first deal, I didn't do all these things up front. I think wholesaling is a learning curve and you learn, you know, as you go. You know, there's, there's plenty of people that are well ahead of me in the industry. And there's a lot of people that are just starting that would like to know just even the small few tidbits to get them to the next level. Um, so I, I mean, learning these contacts versions every single, uh, day is just, you know, building into yourself and building into your business. Um, a lot of times there's so much free things. There's YouTube. Uh, there's this podcast that you're listening to now. There's so many things that can just give you education on the next steps into your, into your, your industry. And for me, it, it's been a learning curve to get to that point. So as you go, you say, okay, well, there's some big things to focus on. How often am I? you know, making phone calls and, you know, if I'm making phone calls, how many times are they answering the phone? How many people are responding to your postcards? And as you track all those things, you start to understand that, okay, man, the, the most effective way to get in touch with people in my area is this one source. So then you double down. On so if everyone's, if everyone's responding to postcards, most of your resources, your time are going to be into creating the best postcard that we have to have phone calls coming in. Um, there's other ways where people are responding to the phones. So maybe you're going to spend more time on the phone than you are going to do a postcard because it's a different market and the market can dictate how you spend your money. One example would be in retirement homes or retirement areas where there's, you know, more, maybe an older demographic. You're going to want to reach out by phone because they're not going to have text messaging. Um, those, that demographic does look at their mail. So you may want to want to do more postcards. But if you're in more of a millennial type demographic, um, they don't read their mail as much, or maybe they don't answer their phone because they're at work quite a bit, but they do text and they do social media. Um, so just understanding your, your uh, market is going to be huge. And that's where I go back to Zillow and the other site. You just get an idea of what's going on in the world around you. And you focus strictly on that. And then as you get good at that, then you can expand into other markets and into other areas and other demographics. So for me to answer the question without going too far is that, yes, I, I didn't have all these things starting off. And now that we're at a certain stage of, you know, learning what our demographics look like, now we can kind of narrow down, okay, what do we want to do in profits and things going forward? Uh, so right now, um, our goal on average, we usually look to do about thirty dollars to $40,000 in profits for each rehab. But at minimum, we want to do at least anywhere from fifteen to 20000 per month of rehab. So if it's going to take us two months to do um, maybe a cosmetic flip, then we need to make at least anywhere from twenty to 30000 on that property 
for it to make sense. And that's partially, again, we have a team, we have some things going on and there's, you know, as you're starting off, maybe your goals are only 10 to 20,000. Um, and, uh, that is on a big flip. Uh, but on wholesale, we have a different range where we can, we want to get anywhere. Again, I, I said this earlier, you can't go broke by making just a little bit of money. So if there's a home that makes sense for somebody that goes back to knowing your buyers list, if it makes sense for someone and I only make a thousand dollars, that's a thousand dollars more than I had by just making two phone calls, one to the seller and one to the buyer. And, you know, I don't care how much money you have in your life to make a phone call and make a thousand dollars is, is, you know, I would do it in a day. So that, that's the case. I mean, we try to stay in that, that $20,000 range, but if it's a thousand dollar deal, we're going to take it because again, we want to, want to make something and keep our lights on and get that to that goal of having some freedom. Absolutely. What other strategies? I, I love that you were able to, you know, articulate, you know, very well, you know, how to maybe start with this free campaigns, you know, send, you know, mailers and, and, and so forth. What other campaigns, you know, you, you did mention door knocking. What other campaigns do you use or you think they, they could be effective? Yeah. So we, we use cold callers. Um, there's a lot of resources out there for different companies that do cold calling. At the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, we do want to create a network. And as you're around different people, you get to understand, okay, well, you know, they use a cold calling system that is, you know, that's already has a background in real estate. So for instance, mine is, is called Call Geeks. And Call Geeks is a company that was referred to us and they actually already do cold calling for real estate companies in different areas, right? So this company is reaching out to anywhere from 15 to actually 20,000 people a day for us. And at the end of that, you know, you're just cold calling people. So at the end of the day, you're not getting everyone to say yes. You're actually getting very few. But on average, I get about anywhere from 10 to 15 people that say, hey, I'm interested in selling a day. And then my team follows up with them and those people that we talk to, of course, not everyone's looking to sell for a good price. Sometimes there's looky loos that are just looking to see, you know, how much can I get for their house? But that's our job to filter through all those. And at the end of the day, we get some deals. So, so call geeks is one that that's a cool caller. We use, we actually call geeks, call geeks. Can you spell that? Uh, uh, call and leads as L E A D S. I'm sorry, call Geeks. So call Geeks, that's why well, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I heard of this company. Is how uh, how effective is it to you guys? It's actually been really good. Uh, again, it takes we there our business is so busy that we're <laughs> doing everything else. So to have cold callers, you know, filtering through some of those hard nodes and, and you know, ruthless nodes, we're actually getting some good leads coming through um, that are actually wanting to sell. So and that's all we need. I mean, not necessarily that we care about how much we want to sell for or how much profit we can make. It's just First step is, hey, do you want to sell? So then we get that, we're, we're good to go. So we've been getting with them, like I said, anywhere from 10 to 15 leads a day. And our goal is to close, you know, at least one of those deals out of those 10 to 15 um, for, from there. So how, how much are you guys spending for Call Geeks? Yeah. Uh, so we actually have right now about five cold callers going and it does range. I mean, again, it's just starting off. I think we're spending anywhere from, I think, and these, I actually have a team that manages this, so I'm not necessarily sure how much it is, but I think it's anywhere in the five to $10,000 range a month. But again, if we're doing one deal, that pays for it right away. Uh, so it's, we're, we're good to go on it, but I believe it's anywhere from the five to 10 for the amount of cold callers we do have. Yeah. Cause it's quite a bit, a lot of people calling. And mm-hmm. how do you trust that they're actually putting the time and, and, and calling? 
Yeah. So that's, that was one of the big restraints of us joining that company. Um, so we actually spoke with one of the managers there. And, uh, we have access to their calls, so we can listen to the call recordings. And every day we get a kind of report of how many calls they made and how many numbers and so on and so forth. So we, I mean, we keep track of it and we don't just let them, you know, just say they're calling, but we actually keep track of who's calling, how often, and then we keep track of how many leads are actually coming to our Podio system because actually they, they know about Podio and they can actually filter the leads through Podio and now it comes to our tabs that we need to reach out to. Yeah, that's, that must be very important to make sure that they're, everyone is doing their job, especially when you're spending between five and $10,000 mm-hmm. a month. Um, yeah. That's very, very valuable. What other companies do you guys use? Yeah. Uh, so that was the, the cold calling. We have, we've used CallRail and CallRail is a kind of a, it keeps track of the numbers you're calling. So what that means is obviously call geeks is filtering these leads into Podio to say, Hey, you know, these are people that say, yes, they want to. I want to sell. So they're keeping track of it. But then we also need to keep track of who we're calling in a day. So how many calls are we making? Because that keeps us accountable on our KPIs. So if we say, you know what, we're making, we're going to get 10 deals out of the 100 calls that we make. We need to know that how many 100 calls we're making, right? So that that kind of keeps us in line to say, okay, hey, you know what? You're making this amount of calls per day. You need to step it up to go there. And when you have a team of people in your office calling, you need to kind of keep everyone accountable. So it's not to, to rise on anyone or to tell them not to do their job, but more just so we can keep track of everything going on. So we know where to spend most of our marketing dollars in business. So call rail is the, is the name. So of call, the rail. Mm-hmm. call rail. Yep. Very, very valuable. Any other, you know, you did mention Podio, call rail, uh, call geeks, mm-hmm. Zillow, what, uh, anything but, else that. Um, if you can connect with any realtors, uh, they usually have access to the local MLS. And that will help you with any sales or anything that's had happened in the past year to two, um, just to keep track of what's going on in your market as well. So Zillow is more of the public eye of what's going on in your market, but the local MLS will give you down to the nitty gritty of exactly what did it list for, how much did it sell for, and go from there. So they, they will allow you to have access to that. Awesome. I'm really appreciating this because you're actually giving very specific tools. Yeah, and I think that this is something that people can just go and and and, mm-hmm. and do it. And I know it's not as easy as it sounds, and you have to get some money and time and energy. And but sure. I think it's very important because there are actually tools that are working for you. Definitely. Um, and I'll and I'll tell you though, it's I mean, there's a lot of people that jump into the business and assume they need to get all these resources to move forward and do business. And and honestly, that's not true. Uh, I mean, you to to get to the next level. Of course, you need to have some systems to be able to free your time, but you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get into the business. And that's that's the beauty of wholesaling. You can you can start with the free resources, and as you grow and as you want to grow your business, now you can add one piece to it. So maybe call cold calling is your first step. Um, then Podio is your next step, and then CallRail, you know, down the road. And as you have a team, you're going to need more resources to keep everyone accountable, and that allows you to get off the phone now and spend more time networking and those type of things. So it, it really is a step-by-step process and you don't have to jump in and purchase everything, but just keep yourself accountable to you know putting hard work into it. You should be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Any, and I'm, I know I'm drilling today on this, but I think it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Any other websites that you guys might not be using, but there might be useful for other people? We're putting out, we're compiling a list of like the websites that, that you know, sure. Me and my partners have worked, have used and, and, and worked. So any other referrals that you might have? 
Not yet. I mean, they, they all, they all come by day. You know, people took, they're being created as we speak. Um, and, and we'll test them out. And if they work great, not, we'll go to the side and go to the next one. So nothing right now, but I'm sure there's plenty out there that everyone's using that we just aren't aware of yet. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. You know what, I, what I really like about the, the way you're, you're creating your business is you're a wholesaler. You're also, you, I'm hearing in Ohio, you guys don't need a license to be an agent. So you could technically sell your own deals that you wholesale as well, right? Oh, I'm sorry. So no, in Ohio, you do need to have a license to be a real estate agent. I was referring to back when I was in new home sales. So you don't have to have a license to be in new home sales. Got it. Um, got it. And I have no experience in Ohio. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But Are you so, a licensed agent yourself? or That was actually my next point. No, so I'm not going to actually in the process of doing it. We, we have a realtor on our team that does all of our deals in terms of once the house is completely renovated, he lists it on the market. But having my own personal real estate license will allow me to see what, what is coming available on the market and potentially be able to make deals um, on the MLS and buy properties there as well. So wholesaling can be done you know, homeowner to homeowner, and it can also be done, you know, with the realtor and finding properties on the market if it's a good deal. Yeah, it, uh, you know, you don't have to, I, I think this is a pretty good uh, strategy, business model. Um, you can find those great deals. You can be the agent. And also mm -hmm. you can, you know, you don't, have, you don't have to do them all, but you can remodel if you find a really good deal, you want to remodel it and you know, be out in two, three months. Um, so tell me, you know, Tell me a little bit about that. How did you transfer from wholesaling? And I know that you have a, a past before, you know, with, with, you know, what you were doing in real estate, but sure. I, I now I know you guys are doing remodels. How did mm -hmm. you transfer actively on that? Yeah. And it's actually funny. It's actually flipped. We, we started off doing rehabs and uh, flips first and then got into wholesaling and kind of that process. My, one of my partners is actually, a licensed general contractor and has a background in construction. So it was just a perfect fit to, to buy properties and to go in and renovate them. And, you know, you're talking spending anywhere from two to six months doing a, you know, a big flip and making anywhere from 20 to $30,000, which is a lot of money. But then we realized that we could actually do wholesaling. And there's a lot of people with a lot of money that want to purchase properties and we could just be the middleman. So instead of making call it twenty to thirty thousand in a matter of two months, maybe you make ten thousand dollars in a matter of a couple of weeks. And the more you can do that. So we're actually expanding right now. We're looking to do anywhere from just a couple flips a month, uh, but we're looking to do anywhere from uh, ten to fifteen wholesales a month on that side. And that will allow us to grow that a little bit quicker. So it gives you more cash flow in the business and then you're able to do projects where you can flip a property because uh, you have money coming in at that point. So you can flip the property and rent it out. But now you have long-term wealth for your company. But that takes some capital. It takes some time. Um, so that's what wholesaling is obviously to do. So that transition was actually the other way around. where We, we flipped first and realized how much money was in the wholesaling side and how quickly you can do that. And you know, still does the same goal. Wow. That's awesome. That's, that's one of the things I love about real estate. It's not just like a one thing, one-way street. You can definitely create exactly. your own story. Um, Ben, we're getting to the end of the show. How can people reach out to you? Either, you know, investors that want to invest, uh, or, or investors that they want to wholesale. Yeah. How can they reach out to you? Definitely. Yeah. So they can reach me out a couple ways. My email is Ben. That's Ben at iHomes and iHomes is spelled E Y E homes.com. You can reach me by my cell phone, 614 
546-9514. Or you can uh, reach me by Instagram, which is bjones3214. Awesome. Last question for the show, Ben. What is yeah. real success to you? Yes. I love this question. <laughs> success, real success is is being able to wake up and deciding what you're going to do with your 24 hours. No one's deciding that for you. Of course, you have family. Uh, of course, you have spouses, and kids, and even bills. But in the day, success is being able to wake up, doing what you want to do, and making a difference on this earth and leaving your stamp. And that's what's going to keep us going. That's what's going to keep people going. And success is not always um, dollar amounts because there's a lot of people that have lots of money and are not happy. There's a lot of people that are, have very little and aren't happy. Um, so that tells us that money's not the, the root of being happy, but there's actually make, having a purpose of doing that each day um, and being around the ones that you love. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Ben, for your candid approach, your, your, you know, your openness. You know, it's truly a pleasure having you in the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having you. Absolutely. And thank you for everyone for listening to our show today and keep on working hard on your craft to becoming an investor. This is not a sprint, but a marathon. This is not a sprint, but a marathon. There you go. All right, guys, everyone have a great day.